And welcome to Ray Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy that you are joining me here today on jrootradio.com. Yes, this is a live show. I haven't done these for a while. This is a live show. I am having this today on May 31st, the last day of May 2018. There is so much to talk about. There is so little time. And it's not easy getting here anymore. But what I will tell you is that I am so happy to be here and do this particular show. I am very excited about today's show. Very excited about today's show. Because today's show is going to address something that – here's what I want to say. I'm not telling you this is the problem in your marriage. Oh, I'm not saying you have any problems in your marriage. Oh, your marriage is wonderful. You are so happy with your husband, with your wife. Things are going so well. I don't mean that sarcastically. I'm very serious. Some of us, unfortunately, don't have those relationships. Okay. But here's an issue. Even if you have a great marriage, here's an issue that definitely comes up in your marriage definitely comes up in your marriage. What am I talking about? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. First of all, uh, thank you for listening. I'm definitely going to want you to text me at the end of the show that you heard the show because I haven't done this for a while and I just want to have a shout out there to see who's listening now because we're, you know, we're not as accessible as we used to be, though we are still accessible through the phone, through the app, online, and we're going to see who's listening today. But what I want to say to you is this following. I want to say to you that today we're going to hit a very, very, very delicate subject. And you know what that is? Let me tell you what it is. What that is, oops, what just happened over here? What that is, is when your wife or your husband is about to do something you don't really want them to do. You don't want them to do that. That's not going to be good. And then we can maybe talk about if you're, Wife, and if there's something that your wife or your husband is, is doing and you do want them to do, or something that you want your husband or your wife to do. So what happens many times in marriages, okay, what happens many times in marriages is that there, you're, ladies, I'm going to talk mostly to you, though I'm really talking to the men as well, but, but I see this more of a problem with ladies, though it, could, it worked both ways. And, and that is where, your husband is about to do about to do something or not do something and you're very concerned and you're trying to explain him why he should do it or why he shouldn't do it and it's not working. Like you're trying to explain him. This is for his own sake. This is not for your sake. This is for his own sake. What am I talking about? Let's say I'm talking about your husband is gaining weight, gaining a lot of weight. He's just been gaining weight. Now, okay, listen, it's not even you. Okay, fine. It, you care that he's heavy? Well, some ladies do care that he's heavy. I don't know. That's, that you find, might find that, that unappealing. But that doesn't even concern you. I'm not even talking about that now. I'm talking about that he's, he's gaining weight and he's eating and he's eating. He's not exercising. Okay, it's a gene thing. His, his father was heavy. His grandfather was heavy. But he went to the doctor. The doctor told him if he keeps on eating like that, He's going to risk becoming diabetic and his father's diabetic. And you keep on telling him and saying to him, you shouldn't eat that. You know, it's not good for you. Like you're not trying to control him. You're just trying to explain him. You're not controlling. You know, sometimes people lose the word control. The word control sounds like you're telling him, I'm not telling him what to do. I'm trying to explain him. I'm simply trying to explain him why what he's about to do, he's going to hurt himself with what he does. Either because he's eating too much or... He never brushes his teeth, and, and therefore he gets cavities. He just went he just went yesterday to the dentist and told him he's probably going to have to get a root canal. Now, you know, last time he had a root canal, you know how much money he had to pay for it? Because the, 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 there's no health insurance for that. So he has to pay for a root canal. And, and you try to say to him, like, you, don't, you just don't take care of your teeth. If you do not take care of your teeth, you're going to get a root canal. I'm not, I'm not trying to control you. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just telling you, this is what's going to happen. If you're not going to take care of your teeth, you're going to get a root canal. Okay? Or, here's another one for you. You're driving with your husband. Okay? And and, 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 and for whatever reason it is, the ways is not working. 
Or you know, or even better yet, he doesn't want to use your husband doesn't like using ways. He likes figuring it out on his own. He doesn't want to use ways. He tells you it doesn't work. It does work. And then you're going to a chasana, and he's driving a certain way. You're going taking the BQE, and you happen to know. You happen to know if you take the BQE under the, I don't know where you guys live, but if you take the BQE, uh, you don't have to go on, 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 onto the BQE itself. You could go under it. If you go under it, that'll save you a lot of time. You tell him, you know, you could just go under. And he's like, no, no, no. It's like, but it's going to save you time. Look at the traffic. You're explaining him. You're not controlling him. I'm not controlling. There's no control. I'm just telling him. I'm trying to explain him what he should do and where he should go because it's only going to make his life better. I don't know why. Why are you calling me a controller, Abbe Greenfield? I, I didn't call you anything. I didn't say anything. Why are you saying that? I'm <laughs> just joking. Point of the matter is I'm just trying to explain my husband. Ladies, it's not just you. I know a lot of men do this also. Some ladies might be listening to me and tell me, oh, you're talking about my husband. I don't know why you're starting with me today. It's my husband. But what I'm telling you right now is that when we're doing this, we're just trying to help. It's all we're trying to do. We're trying to help. We're trying to help our husbands because we don't want him to get sick, so we want him to eat healthy. We want him to exercise. So when he pulls out a, a, a you know, that, I don't know, 7,000 gram candy bar or sugar or whatever it is that he's eating. And it's like, oh gosh, I try to prepare you healthy. You ask me to prepare you healthy and I prepare you healthy. That, and now you're going to eat that? Like, are you for real? You, you, don't, you know that's going to... Okay. Here's another one. Here's another one. This is a very, very, very popular one. And that is when your husband's about to spend a lot of money on something and, and you like... Okay, he has the money, but it's not like we're making so much money. Why does he have to buy the brand new computer? Why Why does he need a new laptop? He has an old laptop. It works well because he has to have the new one. Like, I don't understand. So you tell your husband, I'm just trying to understand. You have another laptop. Why, why do you – because this one's faster? Because it's going to give you five more seconds of speed and therefore you want this laptop? What? I'm not understanding. Why do you need a new phone? I, I just want to understand. Just explain. Just explain me. Why do you need a new phone? I, I, I'm not trying to control you. I'm not trying to control you. Yeah, I know people are going to say I'm controlling. I'm not trying to control you at all. No, no. I'm not trying to control you. I'm simply trying to help you. I'm trying to help you because what's going to happen is is you're not going to be happy afterwards because, I don't know, you're spending money you don't have. So you're trying to buy a new phone. You already have an iPhone. Filtered, of course. You already have an iPhone. Why do you need a new iPhone? Why do you need a new Android? I'm not understanding. The, the, the phone you have now works very well. Why do you have to spend another $500? Uh, what? Why? I don't understand. I, I, I'm not trying to control my husband. I'm just trying to explain him. I don't understand what's going on. And people get upset at me. They say I'm a control freak. I'm not a control freak. Ladies, you might have husbands like this. Okay. Listen, I, I just want to tell all of you one thing, and that is, I know, because I work with people, Baruch Hashem, I know that all you're really trying to do is you're trying to help your husband. That's all you're trying to do, and he's just not listening. And and, and you feel like, you know, in a certain sense, it's your role as an Azer Konegdo to, to, you know, sometimes to be Konegdo in order to be an Azer. And and it just and you I want to ask you a question, ladies. Yeah, here's my question: Does it work? Honestly, does it work? You've been telling him for who knows how long. You've been saying to him not to eat the cake, not to, when he goes to the shmug, not to stuff his face, not to, you know, not to eat all those chocolate bars, to exercise, to take care of his teeth, um, to drive to drive in a different type of way to. To uh, to not spend money when he doesn't have money. If he doesn't have money, why is he spending it? And by the way, I'm not talking about when if someone really doesn't have money, he's borrowing money, he doesn't have money, whatever it is. That's one thing. But I'm talking about when someone, okay, he has money, but he's not, he's not really making, he's going to spend, it's more than his budget. So you've been telling your husband over and over and over again for years about his teeth, for years about his... Um, about about spending for years, about exercising, not eating too much, 
And he tells you, yeah, he's going to do it. He never does it. He never does it. So it's like, it's like a merry-go-round. You come right back to where you started. You're not, you're not, you're not getting anywhere. You're not getting anywhere. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I'm talking especially to the ladies right now. I want to tell you something. Someone, I'm not going to say who, gave me a book. Come and gave me a book. And um, it's a great book. It's a really great book. It's called The Empowered Wife. And, you know, I want to say something. I- I'm proud of myself. I don't mean this, you know, Chaz in a way of gaiva. The reason I say I'm proud of myself is because she knocks marriage counselors out of the park. She knocks marriage counselors. I'm telling you now, she is so against marriage counselors. I'm talking about Laura Doyle. This is a best-selling author. Has sold many, many, many books. And and, and she, oh boy, because she had very bad experience with marriage counselors. And you know something? I agree with her. <laughs> you might think, I'm, why am I saying that? I'm a marriage counselor myself. I agree with her. I really do agree with her. Because the type of marriage counselors that she's talking about, and a lot of the marriage counseling that goes out on out there is about bringing a couple to the table and just have them fight things out. And try to have them work it out, but it's not going to work out because you're not giving them any communication skills. You're not anything. You're tr- basically trying to coach them in their fight. You're trying to coach a couple who's vehemently feeling resentful towards each other for many, many reasons. Generally, it's due to hurt, a lot of hurt that's flying around. Bring them into your room and <laughs> have them fight right and left. And instead of teaching them the process, teaching them to be mavater, teaching them negotiation skills, etc., you just have them fight and it just gets worse and worse. And then these couples, they leave and they feel worse than they ever came in. I'm not, I'm not giving, trying to give a bad shame for marriage counselors, but you do have to be careful who you see. But the point of the matter is, yeah, she's right. And I, I was reading through her book, great book, great book. I'm not saying it's for every home because, you know, there might be a chapter or two in there that might be deemed inappropriate. Um, but what I, what I what I will say, though, is that is that hey, if you get it, you have to be careful, you know, what part, especially for the children of Hulu. I don't think it's bad. I didn't read through the whole book. But what I will tell you is like this. And that is that, you know, and, uh, you know, those of you who listen to me, you know I have a whole thing on requests on how to ask your husband when you want something. And that's, that's an active tool when you want something from your husband. And it really does play itself out also when you want your husband not to do something. It does play itself out. But what I learned from Laura Doyle is something extraordinary. And that is the way she took apart control. And, you know, talking about someone who's controlling, either a woman controlling her husband or a husband controlling his wife. It could work both ways. I know I'm picking on the women today, but it really could work both ways. I've seen it both ways. That the way she tears it apart is brilliant, literally brilliant. And I want to share with you. I want to share with you. And I think if we rewrite the script on control, it'll make it so much easier for you, mostly ladies, but men also, to, for a lack of a better term, surrender and just let it go. Surrender. Surrender and just let your husband just do whatever he's doing. Now, I know that's a very scary thing. When I say that, let my husband do whatever he's doing. It's not so pleasant. But I'm telling you right now that there's so much to learn from Laura Doyle when it comes to control. I'm not saying I agree with her in everything she says, but this particular thing is, no, she's great. She's very good. I, I don't want to take, I don't want to knock Laura Doyle. She's just a lot, a lot of great stuff. But um, but this particular topic of control is very, very powerful. And here's, here's what I want to say. I want to read you. I, I'm going to read you right now, okay? Are you ready for this? I'm reading you a paragraph from, from Laura Doyle. Okay, this is called Confessions of a, For- of a Former Control Freak. I'm not saying many of you are control freaks. I'm saying Confessions of a Former Control Freak. This, this, is, this is like over the top. Okay, fine. The not-so-pleasant past. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was rushing around the house trying to get ready for work. The baby was asleep, my husband was asleep, and it looked like a bomb had gone off in the house. So basically it was a normal day. 
However, on this particular morning, I was so frust- frustrated with the state of our home that I decided to do something about it. There are so many things that I could have done. I could have left my husband a sweet note. I could have cleaned up part of the house myself, or I could have expressed desire for the house cleaner. But instead, in a fit of rage, I took the Xbox controllers to work with me in the trunk of my car. That was obviously the wrong thing to do, but here's why it seemed like a good idea at the time. Since my husband was a stay-at-home dad, it made sense to me that he was also the house cleaner. So when I saw what I thought was Xbox taking over his life, I figured that taking the controllers with me was the way to get him to clean. If he can't play video games, he won't have anything else to do. And that will motivate him to get the house in tip-top shape, I reasoned. I couldn't have been more wrong. The house did not get any cleaner, but my marriage did get more tense and stressful. I decided to try a new way. The story of the Xbox controllers is just one of many ways I exercised complete control over my husband. From taking his debit card to complaining about what, what he wore, I was your typical controlling wife. After six years of marriage, it wasn't working anymore. My controlling ways had to put a huge wall between us, and the man I was once gaga for now felt like my roommate. It was painful and tedious. Everything changed for me when I found Laura Doyle's work. I decided to try what she calls the six intimacy skills for myself. I remember reading her books and feeling like it was nearly impossible for me to make such dramatic changes to the way I thought, spoke, and acted. But I wanted a happier marriage, a happier life. I was willing to give it a shot. Of the six skills, relinquishing control was definitely the hardest one for me to tackle. I'm a self-professed neat freak who loves to organize and schedule. When things didn't look the way I wanted them to, my default reaction was to blame others or to try to get them to do things my way and in my time. So instead of telling my husband what to do, I tried the concept of duct tape. Every time I wanted to chime in about what he should do or when he should do it, I reminded myself to slap on the tape and keep my thoughts to myself. I've never been so quiet in my life. But what came of it was remarkable. By being quiet, I gave myself the room to actually consider my thoughts before blurting them out. I had time to dig deeper into what I was being controlling about, like why I thought it was so important that my house be neat and clean at any given moment, and why I was so bent on berating my husband if he didn't do as good as a job as I thought he had time for. Deeper realizations came rushing at me. Laura teaches that we can control things when we are afraid. Well, I couldn't quite grasp the concept at first. The more I used duct tape and allowed myself room to think, the more I got in touch with my feelings of fear. I was afraid that if my husband didn't clean the house just right, that I was going to be perceived as a terrible wife, mother, human being. I so strongly tied my self-worth with the outside appearance of my life that I was creating huge problems where there didn't need to be. Gradually, I, I let go of control. Gone were the cleaning schedules and the little reminders that I thought were oh so helpful. Instead, I learned to, my, to let my inner goddess of fun and light come out and actually looked forward to coming home at night after work. The more I practiced relinquishing control, the more I learned that the word wouldn't fall apart if the world wouldn't fall apart if things didn't go according to my plans. I grew to enjoy my kids' company a lot more than I previously had. I began to see my husband for the intelligent adult that he truly is, and not the overgrown man-child I always made of him out to be. Some amazing things happened in my life as a result of relinquishing control over my husband. He bought us our first home when I thought we'd never be able to afford it, all because I trusted him. I've been able to get back in touch with my passion for writing because of the support my husband has shown me. Never would I have gotten that support from him if I was still nagging him on a daily basis to do the chores. I'm happier. I feel more peace and contentment than I ever have had before. That's not to say I get it right every time, though. Just the other day, I found myself asking all kinds of questions relating to his work schedule. Eventually, after feeling frustrated with his answers, I came clean. I admitted that I was afraid we were going to have a hard time financially if he didn't work very much. I also apologized for being controlling and admitted that my fear was causing me to be that way. Thankfully, I married an amazing man who instantly acknowledged my fear and assured me that things were going to be fine. If nothing else, that's the biggest takeaway for me when it comes to relinquishing control. No matter how stressed or frenzied I feel, I can remind myself that it's going to be okay and that it's already okay. Even my husband, even if my husband plays Xbox, Xbox every now and then. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say something. I understand that's over the top control and I hope that's not happening in your house. I, I get that. That's over the top. But all of us do this. All of us do this. Men and women alike. We're constantly trying to control. We don't realize we're doing this. We really, really don't. We're thinking we're helping. We're just telling him, why don't you just turn right? Why don't you just turn left? I, I, just, 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 if you go to the dentist, can I make, if you go to the dentist, can I make a point for you a dentist? Just go to the dentist. You won't have root canals if you go to the dentist. 
You're not gonna, you're not gonna huff a puff. You'll sleep better if you don't eat so much. I try to explain him over and over and over again. He just doesn't listen. Like, okay. So here's the chiddush. So where's the chiddush? Let me tell you the chiddush. This is the chiddush. Here's the big chiddush. This is the big piece, which I must say I learned from Laura Doyle. <coughs> it's like this. It's a phallus. What's underneath all this control? What's underneath it? Maybe you don't, you don't like the word control. You want to use a different word? What's underneath me trying to tell my husband not to spend so much money? What's underneath me trying to tell my husband to go to the dentist? What's underneath all of it? Let me tell you what's underneath all of it. What's underneath all of it is something called fear. It's all it is. It's fear. It's anxiety. It's I'm scared. I'm scared. And I will tell you, most of the people, and I, I deal with a lot of, you know, past control people, current control people, um, and and the more I think about it, the more she's right. It's all about fear. I'm scared. And if you think to yourself, if you think to yourself for a second, it's it's scary. If our, my husband spends money he doesn't have, what's going to happen is we're not going to be left with so much money. And then we're going to need money for camp for the kids, or we're going to need money for tuition, or we're going to need money for this. We're not going to have it because he's spending it on his laptop. He's spending it on his new phone. It's fair. It's fair. And if generally, uh, and, and the fair, if you think to yourself, I know you don't want to hear this, ladies and gentlemen. I, I know you don't want to hear what I'm about to say. But let's just face it. If we face it, someone's telling me the word today, dugri. Like that word, dugri. If we face it, if we face our fears, we can tackle them. We can tackle them. Generally, if you're telling your husband to take care of his teeth and he's having a root canal, just be real about it. It's not just really – first of all, it's fair about him because you care about him and you love him and you don't want him to get a root canal. But many times, I hate to say this, you're scared what's going to happen when he gets a root canal. He's not going to have money. He's going to have to spend it on the root canal, which he doesn't have money for. And then he's going to become all grumpy. And then he's going to become all critical and attacking. And you're going to end up suffering. This is all subconscious. You may or may not realize it. But this is what happens. We're just scared. We're scared. What are we scared? We're scared that if you don't go, if you don't drive under the BQE because there's traffic on top of the BQE, and I'm explaining you, look, there's cars over there and you have to show me, I'm going to be late to the wedding. No, no, no. Okay, see, maybe you're on a level. You'll say, no, 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 it's not me. You're going to be late to the wedding. We're going to be late to the wedding. You know, many times it's not. Many times it's you. You're scared. You're not going to be ready to the wedding. And you're not going to have enough money to give the kids to, for camp. And you're not going to be able to whatever. And you might get back to the original situation. So let's call, let, let, let's call it what it really is. Okay? And this is what she says, and I so agree with her. Control all comes from one thing. And that's fair. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. You're going to spend a lot of money on this laptop. We're not going to have. I wanted to go on vacation with you, and now you're going to spend it on this. It's a problem, and that's what it is. It's scare. It's 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 fear, and that's why I'm constantly telling you things. I'm not telling you for myself. I'm telling it for you, you say. But the truth is it's not true. You're really saying it for yourself. I know you don't want to hear this, ladies and gentlemen. Just be real right now. Be real. Why are you telling your husband not to spend so much money? Why are you telling him whatever? Well, you might say, no, no, no. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You want to know why? I have a chap. Listen to my chap. I don't want my husband to spend so much money because if he's going to spend so much money, it's not the money. I'm going to feel he's being irresponsible. You hear Rabbi Greenfield. I'm going to feel like he's being irresponsible. And that's going to turn me off for my husband because I'm going to feel like you're not being responsible. That's going to, uh, It's not going to make me happy. Because you're not responsible. Is that really so? Is that really the truth? First of all, ask yourself, is that really the truth? Or you're scared that he's not going to have, he's going to spend money on this, he's not going to have money for something else that you guys are going to need as a couple or that your children are going to need. But if you're in a situation where you have money, you're not so worried about money. It's not the money. If you're feeling he's being irresponsible, so really, who is it about? Is it about him or is it about you? Let's be real for a second. It's not about him. It's about you because you don't want to have a, a husband who's not responsible. So, you know what? You might disagree with me now. Okay, I don't care. You see, I say I don't care. It's because it doesn't make a difference 
you know, if it's selfish or it's not selfish. But it's definitely, it's definitely anxiety. It's anxiety. And that's why you control. And when I watch people who control their husbands, I've seen a lot. Or men who control their wives. Yes, ladies, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Or men who control their wives. You see the anxiety. And I've always seen the anxiety. I've always seen the anxiety. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I never made that connection. Meaning, I've seen the anxiety and I've given the skills and tools. And Baruch Hashem, I've helped a lot of them. Baruch Hashem, it's all Kosh Baruch Hu. But what Laura Doyle added to this shtickle is anxiety. She she put it together. Tell me, it's anxiety. And once you understand it's anxiety, feel yourself. Feel, your, feel Think to yourself when you watch your husband eating and overeating and overeating and overeating. You feel the anxiety. It's not like, oh, Shefala, by the way. No, no, no. You're getting scared. You are getting scared now. Why are you getting scared? Because you're going to be late to the wedding or because he's going to have a root canal and it's going to cost money. He's going to become a grouch or because whatever else. Yeah, I, I care about him, but it's that, you know, okay. But it's an anxiety. I'm, you're going to embarrass me and the family. If you don't dress like a mensch, we're not going to get shaduchim for our kids, right? It's anxiety. So let's call it what it is. It's anxiety. So why does it make a difference? You want to know why it makes a difference? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you all this. Because I want you to use your brain and to think for a second. Remember, your cognition can rule your emotion. Ladies, I'm talking to everybody here. Your cognition can rule over your emotions. Be smart. Be smart. Women, you have a bina. Be smart. What's most important for you? I'm asking you. What's most important for you in your home, in your relationship, for your children? What's most more important for you? Is it more important for you that your husband brushes his teeth? Or is it more important for you that you have a good relationship with your husband? What are you seeking? Are you seeking no root canal? Or are you seeking emotional intimacy? What's more important for you in your marriage? That your husband drives under the Biku Yui and makes it there on time to the wedding? Right? Or that there's no fighting going on? Because, yeah, if you force him to drive under the BQE and get there on time, and you're right, you're right, he's being silly, he's being very silly because... He doesn't want to listen to you. He wants to show that he knows better. But you're arguing with him. You're showing him. No, why? No, I'm telling you. Look, there's traffic. Why are you arguing with me? Why are you arguing with me? Look, there's traffic. You tell your husband. There's traffic. He's not listening. Fine. So you got him to do it. But now he's not talking to you anymore. Now you got into a fight. So now you're in the car. And he's getting upset at you. But why is he saying that I'm attacking him? Why is my husband saying that he's attacking him? That I'm attacking him? Why? Why? I didn't attack him, Rabbi Greenfield. Listen to what I said. I'm telling him. I'm just explaining him. There's this traffic upstairs. What's wrong with this, my man? My husband. I'm explaining him that, that he doesn't have money to spend on the computer. He doesn't have money to spend on the, on, on, on the, on the iPhone, on the car, whatever. He doesn't have money right now. He has some money, but... Why, why, why doesn't he listen to me? I, I'm really not attacking him. I'm not, I'm not being controlling. I'm not telling him what to do. You see, the story that I read to you in, from Laura Doyle, that's really a controlling wife because she like literally took the Xbox. By the way, for those of you who don't know who Xbox, Xbox is a video game, right? She took the Xbox controllers and she put him, she put it in her trunk. So that's literally controlling or she's taking credit cards away. That's okay. That's like, oh boy, that's like a behavioral control. But a lot of you are thinking, I'm not controlling my husband. I'm just trying to explain him why it's better to do this. Let me tell you why. Because your husband is not hearing what you're trying to tell him. He's not hearing that. Okay? And for those of you who's, who have a history with this, that you've been doing this for a very long time, your husband will be very sensitive to this. He's not hearing that. What he's hearing is that you're trying to control him. 
What he's hearing is that you're trying to tell him how to live his life. And that's the worst thing that a man can have. And you're going to say, wow, he's, uh, he's hypersensitive. My husband's hypersensitive. Let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to the basics. What's, what's, a, what's the mahus of a man and the mahus of a woman, right? So what's the mahus of a man? What's the pri, what's the, 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 uh, what's the primary mission statement for every man in the world? Every man in the world, what's his primary mission statement? Every man, like his, his natural, the way HaKadosh Baruch created every man. What does every man want? I'll tell you what every man wants. He wants to feel achieved. He wants to feel achieved. He wants to feel that he figured it out. He knows it. Um, he, he's smart. There's a chap. Watch boys learning Gemara. Watch them learning Gemara, okay, with each other. They'll say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Rashi, Tysus, this and that. They're trying to show. Everyone is trying to show. No, I know, I know. I chapped it, whatever. Watch. Boys play basketball. Yo, Shmuley, watch. Watch me shoot the ball. Wow, wow. You see, I got it in. Whoa. Little kids, little boys, little boys. Okay, watch your little boys. I'm not saying a woman doesn't want to feel achieved also. Women want to feel achieved also, but that's not their primary need. That's not primary. A man's primary need is to feel achieved. And in his marriage also, he wants to feel achieved. It's like the story I, I, I told you from Rav Hanach Teller, where this couple, they had a son that, that they were looking for a shidduch for their son, a very smart kid. And they were looking for smart girls. He said, the kids said, I just want, I only want a smart girl. And every girl they found him, brilliant girls. He, he, he didn't agree. He didn't want to get married to them. He said, they're not for me. And he said, in chab, what's going on? Until there was one girl. They got in this girl. She, they thought she's smart. And then after he went out one day, and then they found out there was a mistake. The girl's not so smart. But their son still liked her. Their son still liked the girl. And they're trying to figure out, what? this is so weird. This is so weird. This is so weird. Why, why, why does our son like this girl when she's not smart? We found out she's not smart. Well, guess what? They got, they got engaged. At the L'chaim, or actually at the engagement party, the parents were so curious to watch this girl because she wasn't smart apparently, but her, the son, how, what did the son like in them so much? What did their son, what did their son like so much in this girl? And they watched. And you know what? Let me tell you what she did. When a different guy came over to him and started speaking to him about the Shidduch crisis and he was hacking a China about the Shidduch crisis and why it happened, his kala, this kala, this new kala, she says to her husband, she says, you know something? You're so smart. You're so smart. How did you figure it out? That's a very good thing you said about the Shidduch crisis. That's so, 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 so smart. There you go, ladies. There you go. That's why he married her. And every man's the same exact way. He has a need to feel achieved. He's not you. He's not you. He's a man. A man is not a woman. They're different needs. Different. It's a different operating system. Okay, different operating. He's on Windows, and you're on uh, on, 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 on Linux or something. On a different operating system. It's a different. It looks the same. They're two computers. They work. They both do the job here. Apple and Android. Okay, they both do the same job, but it's a different operating system. So you're going to your husband, you're just trying to explain him why he shouldn't spend money. You're just trying to explain him why he should go to the dentist. You're just trying to explain him everything. And you're trying to do him a type of, he's not listening to you. What's the guy's problem? Let me tell you the guy's problem. The guy's feeling controlled. But I'm not controlling him. He's a man. He has to feel achieved. When you're not, when you're challenging his cheshbonus, he made a cheshbon that he wants to spend uh, uh, money on an iPhone. He wants to spend money on on uh, this. He wants to spend. He, he wants to spend money now. Okay, he wants to buy a new phone. He doesn't need it. It's true. You're right. He doesn't need it. But he made a cheshbon. You're challenging him, and you're right. And you keep on explaining him and explain. And then he gets frustrated. And you're like, "Why are you getting frustrated? I'm just trying to explain him. I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just trying to explain. But that's not what he's hearing. He's feeling like you're undermining his cheshbonus. And what you're basically saying is that you don't know. I know, and you don't know. That's what we're saying. I know, and you don't know. That's what we're saying here. Yichap. Yichap. So I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, what am I saying to you? What I'm saying to you is that you have to do what Laura Doyle says. Let's go to another. Let's go to something else here that she wrote. Let's see if I can find it here. Because she she gave me... 
I, yeah, I always know about control and this and that, but the, the, the way she connects it to fear. Oh, so this is, right, here's what I wanted to tell you. Ladies, you're still listening to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to step on your toes. There are many men who are controlling too. And I, I don't like using that word, but here, try, let's, you want to change the word control to, I'm trying to explain. There are many ladies who explain, or there are many men who try to explain. I'm just trying to explain. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. How, let me ask you a question. You trying, how long have you tried? Did it work? It doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. So I'm going to speak to him for five minutes, ten minutes, a half an hour. I want you to think about the following thing, ladies. And this is what she writes, and I, 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 I think this is so powerful. I think this is so powerful, but I, I want to quote her. I want to quote her, okay? I'm going to quote her here. Here. For a lot of us women, when it comes to our husbands, we have an unconscious refrain jingling in our head that goes like this. I know better than he does. I will help him do it right. With this background music, we quickly develop an air of superiority. We feel qualified to instruct our husbands on how to vacuum the carpet, how to talk to the children, how to negotiate with his colleagues. All the while, we tell ourselves that we are simply helping. There's a better word for control. Helpers. You like that? Helpers. For years, I truly believed if I could get my husband to be tidier, more romantic, more considerate, everything would be fine. I told him as much. And while that didn't improve things at all, it did create wall-to-wall hostility and tension in our home. For a long time, I didn't even realize I was controlling. I thought I was just being helpful, acknowledging how I felt, being honest. Little did I know I was shooting holes in the bucket of our intimacy and romance. On the road to learning how to stop being controlling, I tried to make modifications, tried to be more subtle, and even though I was improving at times. But all of it got me to the same lonely spot, wondering why my husband has withdrawn, distant, and defensive. It wasn't until I learned to recognize my, my controlling behavior and make a different choice that the romance returned. So here's the choice. And he, I, I'm quoting her. It's so powerful. You can choose intimacy or you can choose control, but you can't have both. If you choose to try to control someone, the intimacy will disappear. If you choose intimacy, you won't be in control. Control and intimacy are opposites. You can only ever have one or the other. Today I have the ability to ask myself, would I rather be intimate right now or would I rather be try to control the situation? And most of the time the answer is I would rather have the intimacy. The scariest part about surrendering to your husband is that it may seem like you're never going to get your way. But just the opposite is true. When you give up unnecessary control of things your husband does, how he drives, what he wears, what he what he does at work, and how he loads the dishwasher, you actually gain power in the relationship and in your life. Doing all the work is not what makes you powerful. It's what makes you exhausted. On the other hand, relaxing and enjoying yourself while someone else takes care of things is a very powerful position to be in. Certainly, the VIP who rides in the limousine is more powerful than the chauffeur who controls the vehicle. Even if it's just for a few days or a week, if you're feeling brave, try to be the VIP instead of the chauffeur in your relationship by relinquishing control to your husband. And see what happens. Let him do what he thinks is best and respect he feel, and the respect he feels from you will foster more intimacy and romance than any amount of just trying to help ever could. End quote. Ladies, ladies, ladies. You know, people didn't like the name of her first book. It's called The, Sur- the, um, the Surrendering Wife or something like that. <laughs> Surrendered Wife. They didn't like it. I mean, surrender. You're not surrendering. It's really empowering. And that's, I like that name. Be empowering. You're empowering yourself when you're surrendering to your husband. Just let it be. Now, here's, here's the piece. I want you to think about it. This is what she's saying. And that is, yes. You might think to yourself, Robert Greenfield, okay, I hear, I hear, I hear, Robert Greenfield. But I have experience with my husband. You're telling me all these beautiful things, but if he doesn't take care of his thief, I'm telling you, he's going to have a root canal. Rabbi Greenfield, I'm telling you that if I, if I, if I, if I tell him, if I don't tell him to, to, to not wait, spend all the money on the new phone, on the new computer, on the new car, I'm telling you, he's not going to have money later on. He's going to be frustrated. It's not going to be good. And we might not have money. Yes, ladies, that's all true. I'm not taking that away from you. That might be true. First of all, generally it's not. There are exceptional cases. And I, I'm talking to one particular press right now. There are, 
there are exceptional cases. This case might be the exception, actually, to the person I'm talking about right now. And that is, because I told her I'm going to be speaking about this on the show. And that is that sometimes you're right. He, it, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. If he spends too much money, what's going to happen is he's going to run out of money. Or, you know what? Or even more. You're going to feel he's being irresponsible. That might be true. But one thing I will tell you, and this is for sure, and I, and I have to quote her here, and that is you can choose intimacy or you can choose control. But you can't have both. You cannot have a connect, an emotional, I'm talking about emotional, obviously, emotional connection with your husband if you're going to, quote unquote, help him figure it out. You're not going to have it because he's going to get frustrated. But Rabbi Greenfield, Rabbi Greenfield, please listen to me a second. I want you to listen. It's very important. I'm not controlling him. Listen to what I say to him. I'll give you a tape record. Listen to what I say to him. I, I am not. I'm not telling him what to do. I'm not telling. I'm just trying to explain him and I'm trying to help him. In his brain, it's controlling. But what do you mean I'm not controlling? In his brain, it's controlling. You want to fight the facts? I'm telling you, it's not only your husband. It's all men. In his brain, it's controlling. But why? I'm trying to help. Let me tell you why. Because before Waze came out, if you're driving on the street, and you don't know where to go, you'll roll down your window and you'll ask someone for directions. And after you ask them for directions, you're going to say to them, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And you're fine with that. Your husband can't do that. He has issues. He's got issues. He can roll up, open his window and ask someone for directions because then he's going to feel like a loser, like he can't figure it out himself. Not all all husbands, but you get the drift. You get the drift. Because the husband's, the husband's primary need is to feel achieved. If he doesn't feel achieved, if he feels that you're the one who's telling him, and he starts feeling controlled, you're not even controlling him, but you're just telling him what to do. But you're telling him the truth. You're not controlling. You're telling him the truth. I'm not controlling. So yeah, sometimes you have people who, who go from like a real controlling. You have women who are real controllers, like, like we had, I told you before, like, they're taking the controllers and, you know, they're taking away the credit cards or they're telling their husbands, you've got to do this, turn right, turn left. I'm not even talking about turn right and turn left. I'm not, telling, I'm not talking about the women who say, you're going to, you got to go to the dentist. No, nah, you have to go. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the women who are trying to explain. I'm just trying to explain. I'm just trying to explain. That's it. Yeah, that's controlling. I'm telling you that's controlling. So what am I supposed to do? You have to choose. You can choose intimacy or you can choose control but you can't have them both end quote Laura Doyle I love the way she says it because that's really the bottom line but I'm going to add a whole dimension to this and I want you to listen to this part and that's like this two things first of all first of all I want to add this first I want to add that Enod Mulvado who's in charge and I'm telling you many if not most times if you let go, and you're a mavater, pretty much. That's really what we're talking about. You're a mavater. Call mavater. There's bracha that will come to your house, and it'll just work out. It'll just work out. Many, if not most times, whatever you're scared of that's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. You you told him to drive under the bikui. You're going to come late to the chasana. You know what? You just let it go. You're a mavater. You ended up coming on time to the chasana. It all worked out. It's all fine. That's number one. Number two, even the times you say, no, 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 I'm telling you, it, it, it doesn't work out and he ends up getting upset and he ends up getting whatever it is. So accept it. You still have your emotional intimacy with your husband. What's more important in life than Shalom bias? I'm asking you. What's more important? What are you going to tell me, Tyra? That's what Tyra is about. Look at the end of Hilchas Hanukkah in the Rambam. Here's what he writes. The whole Torah was given for one thing, for Shalom. HaKadosh Baruch Hu erases his own name for Shalom Bayis. Yeah, yeah. Of course, learning Torah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to equate one with the other. Of course, learning Torah is very important. I'm not, Chas Shalom, not, obviously, you know, Talmud Torah, Kineget Kulam. But Torah itself is for Shalom. You're not chapping it. Look at the end of Hilchas Chanukah and the Rambam. He says it outright. The whole purpose of the Torah is for Shalom. 
It's all for Shalom. Shalom's the Kodesh name. It's all for Shalom bias. So if you're going to get Shalom bias and your husband's going to have a, a more expensive computer or a more expensive car or a more expensive thing, what's worth it? I'm asking you, what's more important? You're, like she says, you can choose your intimacy or you can choose control, but you can't have it both. Now, sometimes, 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 you might feel like, okay, but I just want to tell him. He might not realize, I just want to tell him. He might not realize it. If you're going to do that, you have to be like the birds on the ocean who go fishing. They go in, they go out, and boom. Either they catch the fish or they don't go catch the fish. It has to be done very, very fast. Because your husband, if it's a small piece of information that you want to tell him, you can give it to him in a way where, boom, he'll hop. Either he takes it or he doesn't take it. I'll give you an example, okay? But it has to be quick. We're not talking about a half-hour conversation or hour conversation. It has to be like literally, I would say like, I would say 30 seconds. Your husband is not stupid. He hops. He hops. He hops. He hops. Like this. Like this. Let's say your husband's driving. You're driving your husband. And you take, you know, you live in Brooklyn. <laughs> take it to BQE. And you realize there's traffic and that. You want to take the bottom. But you don't want to hurt his feelings. You don't want to control him. And you're worried. I would say let it go. But you know what? You don't want to let it go. You don't want to let it go. Because he, he might not know. He might not know. Well, if that's the case, if that's the case, you could say to him, Moshe, Moshe, I don't know if you're realizing it, but but there's traffic on on the top. Maybe, maybe we should take, maybe, you hear the way I say it? Maybe we should take the, 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 under the BQ. Maybe that would be faster. Now he starts arguing. He says, no, 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 it's not faster. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You're that bird in the ocean that comes and, 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 and dives into the water, tries to go fishing. You caught the fish? Yes. Not, not. Let it go. Let it go. Otherwise, chas v'shalom, you're going to drown. Your marriage, chas v'shalom, is going to drown. Remember what Laura Doyle says. You can choose intimacy or you can choose control. You can't have both. You cannot have both. You went in. You did the dip. Fine. It didn't work. It didn't work. You didn't catch the fish. Another case, another case, okay? Let's talk about, um, let's talk about, let's say a situation. Your husband's spending money. Your husband's spending money. He's spending money. Maybe he doesn't have the money. And it's going to be a problem later on, okay? And you want to tell him. You want to just mention to him. You just want to tell him. You just want to explain him that maybe it's not a good idea to spend so much money when you don't have so much money. You think he doesn't know? First of all, I think he does know. But you know what? You want to just mention it to him. So go in. Go in for the dive. Try to catch the fish. Yes, yes, no, no. Get out right away. So what I always say, when we're talking about, it's really a request, right? It's a request. The first thing you want to do is you want to, you want to anticipate his defense. Meaning if you, if you would say to him, by the way, how, how could you spend on a car? You, we don't have so much, so much money. How could you spend so much money on a computer if we don't have so much money? How could you spend so much money on a new phone when we don't have so much money? Right? And what's he going to tell you? He's like, you know, I'm getting a very good deal. This is a very good deal. This phone, it's actually a used phone. It's like half used, half new, and it's a very good deal. That's what he's going to tell you, right? So this is how you start the conversation. You can listen to my request shows. You start the conversation using his defense. Say to him, Moshe, Shalom. As, uh, first of all, pick a good time for it. First of all, don't pick a bad time. Make sure he doesn't have his hats. He's not hungry, angry, tired. That's number one. Make sure it's a good time. He's well-fed. He's calm. Number one. Number two, start with the defense. If you have this, by the way, this is exceptional cases I'm talking about right now. Say it in Moshe. Moshe, uh, can I speak to you a second? Yeah. You mentioned to me you're buying a new iPhone. That it's a really good deal. I, I, I understand that you feel like it probably is, but validate, validate where he's coming from. You know, I understand it's probably a good deal and you probably just want to buy it because it really is a good deal. Yeah, yeah, it is really is. And he said, your husband says, yeah, it's a good deal. It's a good deal on the phone. It's really, really good deal. Then you say to him, you're cutting off the alarm system because you don't want to sound controlling. You're cutting off the alarm system. The alarm system is, she's controlling me. She's controlling me. She's controlling me. Cut that off. Because every man will feel that. Say to him, if you don't want, if you want to buy it, I, listen, if you want to buy it, go, you know, do it. It's your choice. 
If you want to buy it, listen, it's your money. You could buy it, do whatever you want. I'm not getting involved. That's why. Okay. And then he's like, okay. So now you cut off the alarm system, meaning do whatever you want. I'm not telling you what to do. And then in this case where he's spending a lot of money, you could say to him something to the effect of, I was thinking even though it happens to be a really good deal, I just don't want you to get upset later on when you're spending so much money now, and I, you just told me the other day that we don't have so much money for, for vacations and everything. I just don't want you to get so upset. I don't want you to get you, not us. This time I wouldn't say us. I wouldn't. I just don't want you to get upset later on that you spend so much money. And you know how it is. You know when you buy the phone in the beginning, you like it and everything, and you're very excited about it. But later on, like a half a year later, you, or whatever it is, you're going to realize you spent all this money and you could have used the money for something else. So I'm just. I just wanted to point that out to you. You know what I'm saying? That, that that's a way you can say to your husband. Or if you're talking about root canals and, and whatever it is, use the fence. Moshe, I know it's, you're so busy. Uh, I don't even know why I should talk to you about this. You don't have time for anything because that's what he's going to tell you. Cut off his alarm system. I'm not telling you what to do. Whatever you decide, you could decide. Okay, that's cutting off his alarm system. And then you say to him, then you go for the kill. But you got to do it right away. And it happens very fast and then it's done. You get out of the water. It worked, it worked. It worked. Then you say to him, I was just thinking... I was just thinking that you just got a root canal uh, two weeks ago, and I'm and I and I was thinking, you know, maybe I I was thinking maybe if you like brush your teeth every night, then you wouldn't have to suffer later on. That's it. Boom. Goodbye. Finish. I just don't want you to suffer. Either he does or he doesn't do it. Now, many times with the request, the most powerful, obviously, is to say it'll make me very happy, and that that you can't always do. You know, if you speak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would say it'll make me very happy if you brush your teeth, and we go to the doctor together, and that. If we take care of our teeth, it'll make me very happy. That you could do, but not with spending money. I wouldn't say that because spending money, what are you can say it's make me very happy if we don't spend money. I'm not sure about that. You have to know your relationship whether you can do that. Though it is very powerful, but he might feel like you're entering his domain. You know what I'm saying? It's like a man would tell his wife, "It would make me very happy if you wear a longer skirt." How would you take that? Would you take that well? I don't know, right? So my point of the matter is you do it. It's done surgically. In, out, boom, it's over. He gets the message. He gets the message. You don't have to keep on harping and you keep on explaining. I'm sorry to use that word. I'm sorry. Helping, helping and explaining him and saying him. Very quick. You do it. Get in, get out, and do now you're going to tell me about Greenfield, but he doesn't get it. He doesn't hop it. Ladies, you've been doing this forever. Does he ever hop it? No, he doesn't hop it. He gets frustrated. He hops it right away. You want to give him a piece of information? You want to tell him this traffic up on top of the BQE? You want to tell him? You want to remind him that if he doesn't take care of his teeth, he's going to end up suffering? You want to tell him that if he's going to spend too much money, he's going to end up suffering later on? Do it fast, surgically. You go in the water, try to get that fish, and get out. And that's it. Because you're entering into a very, very dangerous area and you don't want to drown. And remember what Laura Dell says. You can choose intimacy or you can choose control, but you can't have them both. Thank you so much for listening. You can definitely text me. 917-397-2841. 917-397-2841. Today, May 31st. Or if you're listening to it on the archives, this has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Uh, oh, yeah. We're planning something. We don't know if it's going to happen. We're trying to make a marriage or parenting conference. We'll let you know. Thank you. Have an amazing, amazing week.